Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Oil Spills Podcast for Tuesday, June 11th, 2019. I'm your host, Craig Ellingson, and with me this week is Hockey Hall of Fame writer Jim Matheson. We'll talk about Milan Lucic and whether a rumor that the Edmonton Oilers are exploring a trade with the Vancouver Canucks that would see Lucic go to Vancouver, his hometown, for forward Louis Erickson makes sense for the Oilers, for the Canucks, and for the players involved. We'll also talk about Jesse Pugliarvi, the Oilers forward who just finished his three-year entry-level contract. We'll talk about what's best for the Oilers and for the player. Do the Oilers stick with him for one more year to see what he's capable of doing? Or should they try to move him on right now and get something in return before he loses his value? We'll also talk about the eighth overall pick the Oilers hold in next week's NHL draft and what kind of player they should target with it. I like to think that where there's smoke, there's fire. And in the case of this smoke, it's Milan Lucic on the move to the Vancouver Canucks, perhaps for Louis Erickson or something involving those two players at the very least. Or, you know, I guess at the very most. I mean, there was a, you know, someone threw out the James Neal idea, but can't imagine the Calgary Flames would want either Lucic or Erickson for James Neal. That's I think ridiculous. the Calgary Flames would like to get rid of that $5 million contract, but not bring back Milan Lucic. Right. So it's, yeah, it's, and the Erickson, Lucic thing, that's been out there for a year. And I know that the national media seem to have caught on, but we've been writing that and talking about it for a year because of the, they make the same amount of money. And neither player was, was performing up to the $6 million. And in the case now, it's Milan Lucic going on a Vancouver radio station says, you know, you know, maybe it's time for me to leave Edmonton and, you know, maybe Vancouver because he's from Vancouver. And it's Louis Erickson quoted in a, in a Swedish publication saying, he, you know, he doesn't think the coach, he didn't get along with the coach, Travis Green. And uh, so, you know, it sort of makes sense. And it makes sense from a dollar standpoint in terms of cap hit, six million. Uh, Lucic has four years left. Erickson has three. Except Vancouver needs Lucic more than the Edmonton Oilers need Louis Erickson. Uh, Vancouver wants a, a more physical presence to look after Elias Pettersson and Brock Besser. And uh, as 
the orders did when they signed Lucic in the first place. They wanted, you know, they felt Connor McDavid would benefit from having Lucic on his team. Uh, and it, you know, became clear that nobody can hit Connor McDavid anyway. So you can't catch him. So you don't necessarily need somebody to protect him. And in Erickson's case, I, I don't, I just don't see a fit for Louis Erickson on the orders. I think he has been a good player. He got 30 goals before he, he got the $6 million deal in, for six years in Vancouver. So he parlayed that 30 goals into $36 million. Uh, and he has scored 30 a couple of times. And he did play for Dave Tippett in Dallas, but that's about 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. He was a lot younger. And I don't think he can turn the clock back. Louis Erickson turns 34 years old July 17th. And Lucic is several years younger than that. He's and 30 it, this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's talk that the owners would have to throw in something to trade Air- Lucic. Why? One player's got three years left. One player's got four years left. Lucic is more valuable to Vancouver than Erickson would be to the owners. So I, I, I don't see why the owners should give Vancouver anything. You know, if Vancouver wants Lucic, then hold them up for a draft pick. And, uh, and the owners will take Erickson. I don't know where Erickson would play. Uh, the owners seem to want to get faster, but Erickson's not fast. He has better hands, I think, than Lucic. But over the last three years, there, it's about a wash in terms of the total number of goals. 36 for Lucic, 33, I believe, for, for Erickson. So it's about the same. Erickson gets more points the last couple of years than Lucic perhaps would. Uh, but... Right now, Erickson has become a third to fourth line player in Vancouver, as Lucic is in Edmonton. But Lucic still has a physical presence, and Erickson uh, would just be there to hopefully prop up and score a few more goals than than Lucic. But where he would play for that $6 million is debatable. Well, I would imagine that both teams would want, want to see a fire lit under the players they're acquiring. No, I, yes, Erickson is four years older than Lucic. Um, but, you know, clearly before he landed in Vancouver, he had enjoyed a few years where he was scoring, like you said, he scored 30 goals plus twice. And that's over the last, what, 10 years. You know, the year, his last year in Boston, he scored 30. That was one of those years. And he's had 20 goal years consistently. He's been, he was a consistent player, scorer at the very least. Well, he was good enough in his time in Dallas to be the central part of the Tyler Sagan. Right. Because Boston, you know, Shirelli, Peter Shirelli traded Sagan and got Erickson and Riley Smith uh, as, as the, the two main pieces in, in that deal. And it, as it turns out, Riley Smith's a better player than Louis Erickson. Who knew Boston got rid of Riley Smith as well. Uh, but it's the diminishing return in both cases. Neither player is as good as they once were. They both make the same amount of money, but I just think that the the need for Lucic in Vancouver is more than the need for Erickson in Edmonton. Mm. And I don't see how that helps the Oilers cap issue out to get rid of a $6 million Lucic and bring back a $6 million Erickson. I, you know, I think the orders, you know, to get out, to, you know, help themselves in terms of a cap hit, they have to trade Lucic 
get bring back a four million dollar player, not a six million dollar player, to you know buy them a couple of million dollars to spend on something else. But I guess uh, it remains to be seen. And and this is not Ken Holland's dog in the fight. Milan Lucic, this was Peter Shirelli, so he's not as tied to Lucic as as um, um, Jim Benning is tied to um, Louis Erickson because Benning signed mm-hmm. Louis Erickson to that six-year deal. How important is familiarity for players? I mean, Erickson saying, you know, he's not, not getting along with Travis Green, the idea that Tippett's there. How important is it for a player to feel familiar and comfortable with the coach in order to produce? It's there. You, you know, you need somebody in your corner, I guess. Mm-hmm. And Tippett would be in his corner uh, from, but 12 years ago, not sure. Two years ago, three but, years ago. But it's not lost to me that actually didn't Gullitson replace Tippett as the coach in Dallas? And he did coach there for what, a couple of couple years? Of years. So, you know, obviously Gullitson's on the coaching yeah. staff too. But that was a long time ago. True enough, true enough. So We're reaching here. We're reaching here. There's there's always threads to every trade. Oh, sure. I knew him when and he knows him and he's, he thinks he can be a player. Uh, I guess every time you trade an established player for another established player, there's usually an uptick the first year because they're in a new spot and they want to show that the, the new team that they can play well. Mm-hmm. It's after that. That's the question mark. And if the owners trade for Louis Erickson, after one year, he'll be 35 years old. True. I mean, I mean, obviously, the that extra year on Lucic's contract has to be of some importance to the Oilers. Like the thought, like if this, let's say the deal goes ahead. It's, let's say it's one for one, just to make it less complicated. And I would imagine both the Oilers and the Canucks want to test drive these guys for at least a year to see where they're at. And if they're both washes, then, you know, it's like, well, guess what, guys? It's only one more year till the expansion draft. And, you know, so the specter of buying these guys out, I mean, the owners will be on the hook for less than the Canucks will be. There's still that. Oh, well, yeah, the expansion, it, you know, you can't, players with no move clauses have to be protected. They can't go on, they can't be unprotected and available for another team. Mm-hmm. That's That specter is there. Um but I, I, I also think teams are looking to be good now too. And while the expansion drafts a couple of years away, you know, you're, you're looking at your protected list and stuff. I think specifically when you've got a new jet coach and a new general manager, they want to be better now with the best player in the league. So I think that wouldn't be, I don't think the expansion draft would have a whole lot of bearing in, 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 a, in a trade of these two players. How is Louis Erickson without the puck? Is he? How is he defensively? Uh, he kills penalties there. I think he's better defensively than Lou, Milan is. I think Milan... Louis doesn't do much off the rush anymore. Louis' goals are scored around the net, kind of garbage-type goals. Somebody else takes a shot, maybe Louis puts in the rebound. Um, Louis would be used in a penalty-killing role, probably. With the Oilers, whereas Lucic was not, and Lucic was on the second power play. I don't know if Louis would be on the power play mm-hmm. for the Oilers. So Louis doesn't get a lot of penalty minutes, only 180 in his NHL career. So uh, they're losing, obviously, that. But if the Oilers traded Lucic, they still have Cassian and Darnell Nurse on defense. They're tough enough. Um, and depending on what happens to 
Jujarikara. Um, if he gets traded or he's here, if he's here, he's he can help out physically as well. So I don't. I think trading Lucic for his toughness. There's enough toughness on the Oilers to uh, get by without Lucic. And in Milan's case, who wants to fight Lucic anyway? I mean, he rides the range, but nobody's fighting him. He had a couple of fights, uh, so he's 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 almost has to rile himself up to get anybody else to get in his way. So it's kind of manufactured stuff. Now, I think about Louis Erickson and, you know, he kills penalties. I mean, the last three seasons in Vancouver, he's had 10, 11 goals per season. Obviously less than what he was doing in Boston and Dallas uh, for a few seasons before that. So when the Oilers, if the Oilers, you know, acquire him, they're hoping that he would be, you know, return somewhat to form. Would he, you know, hey, it would be great if he could get 20 goals. I mean, you don't make a trade for a player unless you think you're hoping that sort of thing is going to happen. What do you, you'd probably put him in the top six to see how he does. Now, one thing that the orders are looking at right now, and you wrote about it, is Alex Chason. Now, clearly Alex Chason came in as a, as a tryout on a $650,000 deal, scored 22 goals this past season, fourth on the orders. Now the question is, hmm, okay, should we resign this guy? He's probably going to, he's probably asking, let's say, three million bucks a year, but do we really want to pay that? Would bring in an Erickson who is not, you, like you said, not looking for him on the power play, but he could pe- kill penalties and chase on would be looked at to do kill penalties as well. Would you be rolling the dice a right bit? Right now, Alex Chason's a better player than Louis Erickson. Okay. For a lot less. He wasn't money. a year ago, though. But he is now. Okay. And they do the same sort of thing. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. And neither one's going to play in the top six. Larry Arx is not playing in the top six either. All right. He's a third line right But Chase on did produce when he was given the top six. Yes. But they look at him as third line right winger. Sure. So they're both looked at as third line right wingers. He's not going to return to 20 goals if you're playing third line right wing. No, he's not. But they're not counting on, and that's why they don't want to pay him $3 million. Right. They want to pay him. But if they're just going to put him in the third line role anyway, why don't you just rely on Louis Erickson to be your third line guy and he'll kill penalties? Because one is six million and one is two million. Right. Or you can have zero million for Chase on, let him go and just bring in Erickson. Uh, you know what? I'm not <laughs> We can play this game all I mean, day, I'm of sure eventually if they make the trade, I'll end up phoning Louis Erickson and say, well, welcome to the club. But right now, I'm not a big, huge Louis Erickson fan. Now, <laughs> There are a couple of Swedes on the Oilers in Clefbaum and and uh, Larson, and Larson played with Erickson in the World Championships this year, so he may have a different view than I do. Um, but if you if you talk to the people out in Vancouver, nobody is. If Louis Erickson gets traded, I don't think there's gonna you know there's gonna be protesting in the streets from mm-hmm. the Vancouver Canuck fans. And if Lucic gets traded from the orders, there will be more debate about Lucic going to another to the Vancouver Canucks, uh, an, uh, a rival theoretically, than Louis Erickson coming to the orders. So, um, but this is Ken Holland's deal. He's he's the general manager. Uh, he's in charge of you know of trying to improve the hockey team. I think it's kind of a lateral move myself. Erickson for Lucic, not just in dollars, but in what they actually, in terms of offense, what they bring to the table. It's kind of a, 
apples and oranges. Let's talk about Jesse Pugliarvi. Um, you know, his agent had some interesting things to say here in the last while, including that his clients is not looking to go to Europe to play as rumored to go play in the KHL with Joker at Finland. Um, he wants to play in the NHL this coming season. His this coming season will be his fourth as an NHLer. But of course, you remarked to me. That agent didn't say he wanted to play for the Edmonton Oilers. He wants to play in the NHL. So we, are we reading into something there? Uh, the agent who all agents are, I shouldn't say all, but most agents are, are there to pump the tires of their clients at the, at the, you know, all the time. That's because they're, they're the agents. So, uh, you're right. He didn't say he wants to be an Edmonton Oiler for life. He just said he wants to play in the NHL. He's not going to be an NHL. He's not going to be an Oiler for life. I can tell you that. Uh, but it's a slippery slope at Edmonton. I think if they had more forwards, if they had say two forwards coming from Bakersfield who could definitely play in their team next year, they would say to Bob Pugliarvi, "Yeah, I think we'll trade him." We got if, if Benson and Yamamoto were both ready to play in the NHL next year and had shown that right from the hop they could play and they could play every bit as, as well as Pugliarvi, they would say, yeah, fine. But right now, Benson may need some more time. He's had one year of pro and Yamamoto has been hurt the last two years. He's going to need time too. So there's nobody theoretically ready to come in and take Pugliarvi's spot. So Ken Holland may roll the dice, say, okay, we'll sign you to a one-year contract. Let's show show me that you're better than that. Show me that you're, uh, you know, you think you're a top six player. We don't think you're a top six player. I know the orders consider Pugliarvi a third line player right now. He's a, they consider him an NHLer, but a third line player. Uh, and until you until he proves he can score, you know, twenty goals a year and get forty points, he's gonna he's not a better than a third line player. And he's, he is Neil Yakupov. He's not Neil Yakupov light because he's much bigger than Neil Yakupov, but they waited too long to trade Yakupov and they got nothing for him. Third round pick. Yes, he, uh, he's spinning his wheels here. He hasn't proven that, that he, he can be an impact maker in very many games, but the longer they wait, they're selling low. Uh, so then you're saying, okay, fourth overall pick, you know, we, we, you have to include Pugliarvi in a deal with something else, I think, to get better value back. Trying to trade Pugliarvi for somebody else's failed player, I don't know if that would work terribly well. Although, you know, Nick Schmaltz got traded for Dylan Strom in Chicago and Arizona, and it, you know, certainly Dylan Strom was much better in Chicago with Alex DeBrinkett, who played junior with in Erie than, and Smaltz still looks like a player. So that was a case of two first round 
picks getting traded, but it doesn't usually work happen that way. So long answer to a short question. I think they'll sign Pugliarvi to a one-year contract and he'll be on the team to start the season and we'll see where it goes. Now, you were writing recently, and you've, you've been talking about it for a while, not just in the last week or so, but, you know, the idea of, you know, if the Oilers were to trade Pugliarvi and packaging him and getting something of worth, you're thinking the Winnipeg Jets might be a good partner, and Nick Ehlers is one of those players that could come, it would make sense for that deal for both sides. It makes sense. Um, we keep coming back to the same thing. You, you want Pugliarvi on the team, you bring in Erickson, and it's the same th- story. We think they might be able to get this many goals. We think they might be able to get this many goals. They got 12 last year, maybe they'll get 16 this year. They need somebody who's an established player. They need, whether that's Nick Ehlers or somebody else who is a top six player. He isn't a maybe, he is a top six player. He is a 30-goal scorer. He is 23 years old. He makes $6 million a year. But I guarantee you, if you ask Ken Holland whether he's had a drink or not, would you rather have Louis Erickson at $6 million or Nicholas Ehlers at $6 million? You're taking Ehlers in, one, in, in a trade, even if you have to give up some stuff. Now, I, I'm sure he doesn't want to give up his first-round draft pick. Winnipeg does not have one, but they'd love to get one. Uh, the last two years, they've traded their first-round draft pick you know, for Stashney one year and Kevin Hayes last year. So they don't have a pick till 51. I'm sure they'd like to get a, at least a second-rounder. And the Oilers picked 38th, uh, 8th and 38th. And if the Oilers gave up 38 and Pugliarvi and, you know, uh, Ethan Bear or some younger defenseman uh, to Winnipeg, Maybe you can get Ehlers. I know Winnipeg's case, they're really up against it. They have to sign Line and Connor, two of their top six forwards. Conservatively, I don't know, it's at least $12 million for those two players, and it's probably more than that. It's probably closer to 14 for those two players. Uh, and they like to sign Tyler Myers on defense if they're going to trade Jacob Truba. So they... If they could get rid of a $6 million player and take back some players that are making less money than that, uh, they would. Now, whether that deal would ever come down, I have no idea. But uh, it's worth a, worth a shot. And that's the only way the owners I, – I, I can't see the owners signing a top six forward you know, as a free agent. You gotta, there's a lot of teams out there. You've got to do a heck of a sell job to get that guy coming to Edmonton as a free agent. I just don't see that many hot shots forwards out there who was out who was the gonna best. be out there july one jordan eberly uh-huh they've already had jordan eberly mm-hmm. uh so i don't see you know you can, you can go home again but i just don't see the orders bringing plus you would be adding that salary mind you you'd be adding salary if you know nick ehler's situation if and you were eberly's a lot older and eberly's closer to 30 maybe he's just 23 I think Ehlers fits more with the the core group of Oilers who are their younger players. He's around the same age as Dreisaitl and, and Connor and Nurse. And, you know, Lugin Hopkins is a few years older, but he's more in that young core, you know, area. And if you're signing free agents, they're older, late 20s. So they're not in that core group.
What about the Oilers' first round pick, their eighth overall pick? Is that something they would consider trading or they're, they're going to hang on to it probably? I think they would consider moving back if, if a team came to them and, and wanted a player at eight and say if the team was picking 10th, say. Now, the only problem with that is Vancouver, I think, and Anaheim are those two teams that pick after the Oilers in the same division as the Oilers. I don't know if they would make that deal with you know, a division rival to move up a couple of spots. Uh, but if they could, if the player they want, the owners wanted, they still thought that person was going to be there at, at 10, uh, maybe they do. And it, for another draft pick or some sort of prospect, they might, they might do it. But the owners, whatever player the owners get at eight, that player is a couple of years, two to three years away anyway. There's only two players in this draft that are going to play in the league next year, Jack Hughes, probably in New Jersey, who pick first, and Kako, a Finnish winger, uh, Rangers pick second. After that, uh, it's up in the air. The draft starts at three when Chicago picks. And then whoever Chicago picks, then the rest of the teams are going, ooh, we didn't think they might take, we didn't think they'd take that guy. And then everybody's eyes light up. Um, there's more forwards than defense. But I think the wild card in in for the Oilers is, they, they really like this Finnish defenseman, Philip Broberg. He played great in the Helenka in Edmonton. Uh, he's, he's a little raw, but they see him as a younger cleft bomb. A better skater than Oscar. Uh, he's not going to be a high-end offensive player, they don't think, but he's a really good skater and he's a big kid. If he was there, and even though the owners got lots of defensemen in their organization, they might, might still take him. For our interest, from the Edmonton if Edmonton fan base interest, Kirby Dock makes the most sense. He's from Fort Saskatchewan, played for the Saskatoon Blades, uh, tall, playmaking center, sort of reminds some scouts of uh, Ryan Getzlaff in his day, more pass than shoot, but a tall player. I, I don't think he's as far along as, as Ryan was in his draft year, which was a deeper draft. Uh, but he's a playmaking center. And I know the owners have Nugent Hopkins and they have Dreisaitl, uh and they have McDavid, but Ryan Nugent Hopkins is an unrestricted free agent in two years. So they got to watch, you know, are they going to give him $8 million a year or are they going to see what they do with him in the next year? Mm, that sounds like a topic for a podcast for another day. Yes, it's, you know, he's, it's hard to believe, but he's been in the league since he was 18. So as soon as he turns 27, he's an unrestricted free agent. So they got to decide, you know, what they do with him, what they do with uh, Ryan. And Ryan is there, of course, Nugent Hopkins would be the chip to get the higher end offensive defenseman, I'm sure. You know, I should have asked the question before when we were talking about Louis Erickson. What position does he play? Is right he, wing. Does he ever spend time at center? No. He's a winger. I thought, I thought one of my hockey cards said he played center. Uh, he's a winger. So okay. he's a winger. Hopefully, he plays on the left side because isn't Pliarvi a right winger? I think Pliarvi's a right winger. So is Chase on. Oh, geez. So that's what I say. I think Louis <laughs> Erickson's a right winger. I could be wrong, but I think Louis Erickson's a right winger. Okay, just a thought. Sweet European uh, wingers, however, can play left wing or right wing. That's why they're Europeans. Okay, well, we'll just have to see who. 
which who looks better on, on the but left, it will get, RV the trade Erickson. for Lucic will probably get done at the draft. And if you're the Vancouver Canucks and the drafts in your city, Vancouver is always, the home, home city is always looking to make some sort of splash. I don't know if Milan Lucic for Louis Erickson would be a huge splash in, in Vancouver. No, don't they want to do a Sedin's at the draft trade yeah, sort of thing? Yeah, you want to do that sort of thing. You want to suddenly move up to number three in the draft and, or something like that, but that's not happening. That's the Oil Spills podcast for today. Subscribe to Oil Spills on iTunes and Google Play. You can also listen to it via the Edmonton Journal and Edmonton Sun apps and websites. Mm-hmm.